Tigers got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. Welcome back on the green. Mayu Calamari here with Andrew Galata and Will Talent. And we kind of have a smaller episode for you guys this week. Usually it's leading up to a big major or maybe, you know, recapping big tournament, but nothing of that sorts this week. But just kind of catching you up on the way the world of golf is working with Live Golf, the PGA Tour, as we head to the Open. But before we do any of that, Andrew, how are you doing today? Doing great. I mean, you say it's a slow week in golf, and it's funny because when we started this podcast and we're doing it every week and it was just like one PGA Tour event, it was like that was the real slow week this week. John Deere, the Travelers, a few weeks ago, and then obviously Live, the whole the whole big Live event against John Deere as well. So a slow week means like three tournaments of golf is never a bad thing. I'm doing great too, Mike. It's uh, it's always it's always a good time to talk golf. I'm actually playing for the first time this summer. I'm so excited for that. So lots of golf over here for me. Great. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's always exciting when I'm talking with you boys about golf. So I, I golfed. I want to say about three weeks ago. And I was horrendous. Like I, it was like I was through nine holes. And I was like, I want to go home now. Like I can't believe that. <laughs> so I realized I had a, I had a realization. I'm not sure if you guys feel. I'm not stepping on a golf course until like I actually put in the time. So it's enjoyable. Like I need to go oh, to yeah, the driving no, range. Like I actually need to do the work because it's not fun when you go losing balls and, like, and you're losing. <laughs> ball. I, I, I'm, I'm, I lost so many balls. It was <laughs> And it's also like whenever I hit a great shot, I'm like, oh, my God, I could par this. And then something goes wrong around the green. So it's like I have to be good enough to where I can, like, actually feel good about the money I'm spending to golf. Also, before before we move on to, like, PGA Tour and professional golf, I don't know if you guys heard, but this week I was just, like, looking on YouTube and there's this ball that makes it makes basically like 80 percent of shots go straight down the middle. It's like a course correcting golf ball. Yeah, it's oh. called like Polera is the brand. And I've I was watching YouTube videos on it. I was like, it's not. So it's it's banned by the PGA Tour because that's how good it is, supposedly. So I was like, I don't know if I have to, we, we have to do a try, like try this out compared to other uh, other golf balls. But I was like, damn. I mean, they're really, I'm looking on Amazon right now. They are um, 50 bucks. Okay. So that's, it's probably anti-slice golf ball guaranteed to reduce <laughs> hooks and slices <laughs> anti-slice yeah so i don't know how many are in this i think it's like just like a one pack of whatever of i don't know not 12 it's 12 yeah i don't know man. i mean like maybe if i don't tell anyone i just start shooting those like where'd you get to golf <laughs> yeah it's like no i i found these balls uh just like paint them over and you like title list on it like yeah i'm dude i'm dude pro v1s i don't know you're talking sick 
<laughs> well, anyway, as we as we talk about how much we struggle with the game of golf, let's talk about the people who are actually pretty good at it. A couple PGA Tour events that wrapped up we weren't able to talk about. We made the picks for the Travelers. Andrew, you were on that episode with me? I don't think any of us. Yeah, it was just us two. I don't think we got any, anyone got a pick right. And we didn't do good. <laughs> I, I, I had Harmon, and he was actually started off the tournament uh, really good, but he did not – he wasn't able to really, you know, do anything after that. I think he was good after on the first two days, kind of fell apart. Anyway, Xander Shoffley ends up winning that 19 under. In second place is JD, JT Poston, and then he ends up winning the John Deere Classic the next week, which was kind of like gap of episodes that you didn't have to talk about. So he shoots 21 under, gets the win at the John Deere um, Classic. And then we kind of have this little break. We have the Scottish Open coming up this upcoming weekend, which we're going to make picks for later in the show. But, Will, I'll open up to you first. Just those past two tournaments, what did you see? And then how did you feel that compared to the live? tournament that we just had this past weekend with a lot of big names um on the on the event so i i just want to see what you thought about the pga tour events and how they compared to the live golf event oh i gotta say though mike i've been on the show a few times with you guys and every time we talk about live golf i always would say it's going to rival the pga and it's definitely starting to take that that stance you got dustin johnson brooks kepka abraham answer shambeau patrick reed and, and Phil Mickelson, obviously, Live Golf is taking some of the big names away from the PGA. And it's actually pretty interesting to see. I don't know how they were able to do it so easily. I thought it would be more of a gradual process. So it has definitely rivaled the PGA, but it has opened up opportunities for guys, guys like, um, why am I drawing a blank? I have him right here. Oh, my goodness. Who just won? Who just won? John Deere. I have it uh, right JT here. JT Poston. There, Poston. JT Poston. It opens up opportunities for guys like him. Poston. He just he just earned his second win on the PGA Tour in his career. So, I don't know. It, it's going to open up opportunities. It's going to be this big rivalry. It's it's very interesting to see, and it's going to be very. It's going to be even more interesting to see as the summer goes on and as more events start to unfold for Live and for PGA upcoming. You know, it's the, the live people and Greg Norman and who's ever running those events. They're not stupid. And they obviously saw that this Portland event was going to rival the John Deere Classic, which is, re I mean, known as one of the worst PGA Tour events in the summer. Since that time, a lot of these these players are going over to, to England because that's when they're starting to get ready for the Open. And this year, obviously, at St. Andrews, 150th, nobody was playing it in, in the John Deere this week and live at their first America event. I mean, you look at the top five who ends up finishing in the top five, Brendan Grace, who wins the event, Carlos Ortiz. So those two guys, not big names at all. Then you have Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Louis Ustazen, and then Taylor Gooch is right there as well. And Bryson DeChambeau, a top 10 finish as well. So they had some big names, not only in the tournament, but also do well. I think that helps them too. I mean, you, you look at the John Deere top five, you have JT, Poston, you have uh, Emiliano Grillo, uh, Chris Goderup, Scott Stallings, he sees a name I've heard of, but a lot of these guys I haven't even heard of. And I mean, Maverick McNeely, I've heard of, he also finished top 10, but obviously not a lot of names in John Deere. Liv had a lot more names, but to me, it's still like the, the Liv event. To me, I don't like the 54 holes. I like the 72, the, the four days, because it just seems like going into that final day, Brendan Grace, he holds on 
um, and, and comes actually not only holds on, he was able to really take a lead, went uh, minus seven, seven under par in that final round and kind of overtook a guy like Dustin Johnson or Carlos Ortiz. And it felt like there was another day to play. And obviously there wasn't. So it just feels like it's a little more cheapened, a little more shorter. I, I know that's what they're going for, but it just feels like it's not a grinded out type style, which I think we all love about golf for 72 holes. And that's kind of, I think what makes it fun to watch. And that's the intrigue of it. And for me, Liv doesn't have that fully. I mean, obviously it's young, but to me, that's the thing. It's just not as interesting. Uh, that's just kind of how I put it. Yeah, Andrew, I like I like what you just said there. You you uh, highlighted that it's not 72. I think the 72 opens up what I was saying before. It gives more opportunities for guys that have yeah. a chance to win, but it just gives the, the better guys who are just ahead by so much already. It just it gives them the, the championship or the win. So it's they're definitely going for a different style, because, as I said before, too, they're rivaling the PGA. So they don't want to be they don't want to be the PGA. They want to be live. Yeah, I think I guess that's what they're trying to do, just trying to be different. But I feel like you don't the last 18 is the difference. You know, being able to play four straight days of good golf really determines if you were the best player at that tournament or not. So I, I don't love that. Also, how much incentive is there to win as a team? I know Pat Perez, I think I finished awful, but he made seven hundred fifty thousand dollars just because he was on the winning team. Yeah, the four winner won four million. <laughs> So, like, you still want to win for yourself. Like, you give a crap about what your team does. You want to win and you want to get the top prize. Like, they, they have to incentivize winning more to make it feel like it's a team event for the, the live golf. And I think that's what they're caught in the middle. And the PGA Tour is always going to be an individualized event. And it's always going to be you win. And I, I, I don't think the team aspect adds that much. And uh, and th that's my biggest problem with live golf. It was – if it was – a alternate shot format. If it was a best ball format, then I like think even like the Ryder Cup, more, where it's like yeah, one it'd on be one. a lot more. That's more of a team aspect. Just having a bunch of players trying to win on their own, and then you add up the scores at the end, doesn't do a lot for me. So that that's my biggest critique with it. And uh, I, I listen. It's not like I care that much. You know, we're a PGA Tour podcast. I'm a PGA Tour guy, so that's what I'll stick to. But that's just one thing I've noticed. I just think it's it's like. It feels like an exhibition. It, it really does. I mean, 54 holes, obviously it's three days only. And like, you, as you talk about the team, the team, of, it doesn't feel like a team event. I mean, I don't know how these guys feel about it, uh, but do they even play with their team? Cause I don't think they do. I think they just play with random. I think it's just like a random. I think it's just like a, I think the last matchup is the same way the PGA tour does. Like you match up the top guys in the same. Oh, so it's not even like, it doesn't even feel like, kind of that that team yeah, event style it's, it's so weird like no and also like no one's playing for their team like i don't think sergio garcia was like joined and was like i just want to lead the fireballs i want to i want as many rings with the fireballs as possible like no phil mickelson was not thinking like i think i make the high flyers an elite team in yeah. professional sports like no one's thinking that they're in it for themselves to get the money they're still going to be in it for themselves when the when the shotgun starts let me ask you guys something how how um, much do you think this is going to affect the quality of golf that we're going to see in these tournaments? If it's like teams like this, because as you were just saying too, Mike, all you got to do is be on the winning team and you win money. So you don't even have to play good in that shortened span of 54 holes instead of 72 holes. The PGA, if we're, if we're really breaking it down, like we just did, the PGA already has better quality golf because it's more grind. And it's always individual. 
it, like you just said, there's no incentive to play well because you're going to win money if you're on a good winning team regardless. I, I think the biggest thing is it makes it harder for the viewer like to know what they're rooting for. Like, are they rooting for a player? They're rooting for like four aces the to team. win. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like tough. I think it's tough for the viewer. And obviously, I think it affects the quality of golf because everyone there is already making guaranteed money. So there's less incentive to win as it is. So they're just they're just there to collect their paycheck and go home. So that all adds a toll. And that's why the PGA Tour, in my opinion, will always be number one. It just is if the live golf is paying the dollars to keep on bringing in guys, then that's going to be the problem. I know. Um, you know, we talk about Brooks Kepka joining Patrick Reed playing their first, you know, weekend. I think someone, one other person just joined Paul uh, Casey. I think oh, it was, did he? I, I have to let me look it up. But I, I think that that's the thing. If the money's there, guys are going to keep on going. And that's going to, yeah. you know, be the difference maker. No, like, I, like the that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't blame these guys for like, I mean, look, it's a ton of money. I mean, it's a lot of money for a guy like Lee Westwood to get who's way past his prime or Graham McDowell. So. I mean, you know, kind of is what it is. And but like they're probably at the point in their career that they want the X. They don't want to probably play for like, you know, 72 grinded out, like at least every weekend. I guess if it was a perfect world in their mind, they like to do this and like play select PGA Tour or world events or European events as well. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, it, at least I think right now, I think it, it, this week, I think it, the field was probably better than the John Deere. I don't think if you take any other week, I don't think that'd be the case. Uh, but for me, it's definitely interesting. The one thing I do not like about Liv is the leaderboard on the left side. I don't know if you guys watched. They, I think they changed so it. Annoying. They changed it. They added more letters now. It's still like, it's just annoying. I get like, I'm like, who's who, A? And then like, they have the little logos on the side. Like, I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's all jumbled up. I like how the PGA has it. Just like top 10 names or whatever. It's all, it's all we all really care about when watching. Uh, but I don't know. It, it is what it is, but. I think we're all looking forward to to the Open and uh, and Scottish Open this weekend. So it was in fact Paul Casey, and it gave yeah. Live Golf twenty two of the top one hundred players in the world. That's that's big. They don't have a bad field now. I mean, it's they definitely really a solid field. I mean, I just I, don't like, know if the tournament is built like they try to be so different than the PGA Tour. It's just, oh, I think it's just worse. Like you know, what I mean, it's just it's not as appealing. It's watered yeah. down. Yeah, it, it, and I feel, it, as long as Rory, as long as Justin Thomas, Morikawa, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler are still on the tour, as long as you have those names, now Xander Shoffley with that big, you know, with that win, you know, he's now a name. Um, I mean, he's always been a name. Now he's getting himself along those top guys. Then it's, I think it's always going to be top dog. And sooner or later, the live is going to fizzle out once he gets not enough traction. It's also, not, the not new cool name yeah. thing now, but will it be that way in four or five tournaments from now the top 16 golfers are all on the pga tour so again you talk about 22 in the top 100 but a lot of those guys are you know not even in the top 50 i mean paul paul casey's in there in the top 50 uh obviously dj and answer and those types of guys kepka but uh, a lot of those guys are not at the top of the top and then you know the the top 15 golfers those are the guys that are probably going to be uh, you know, really pushing for those majors, pushing for those tournament wins. And those are the guys that are going to stay on the PGA Tour because obviously I think we've seen it from Rory or Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm. They're caring about the legacy more so uh, than that that big payday. And they think it's going to pay off in the long run. And I mean, I, I don't blame them. I think majors are going to, like if, if you have four major wins or you have like, you know, 
20 million dollars and four live wins i think people are going to care more about the majors i think no doubt and i think that's going to be staying for a long time well i do want to move on as we you know start to get closer to the open the biggest news now is tiger woods back on the golf course at the pro-am and he shoots a 77 so he kind of struggles xander shoffley currently in the lead he's almost you know double the amount of um strokes that uh, everyone else has i think he's 10 under the next best is five under Andrew, I guess, what's it like seeing Tiger Woods back on the course? He skipped the U.S. Open. We know that he wants to be ready for St. Andrews. I mean, struggle shooting at 77, but does this worry you at all? Does this maybe give you motivation now that he's just back on a golf course or give you hope that maybe he can play a little better at the Open? So I think Tiger is going to play pretty well at, at the Open. St. Andrews, he's won there twice. He obviously loves the course. It's also a links course, so... You're not seeing the big hills. Like he'll be able to, it's a little more flatter. So walking is not as big of an issue because I think you're going to see probably him play really well on Thursday, probably play pretty well on Friday. I think he's going to make the cut to me. It's what can he do Saturday and Sunday? And we saw the masters didn't play well Saturday and Sunday. He obviously withdraws from the PGA doesn't play in the, the U S open it's because of that, you know, just endurance factor. So I think he's going to be able to get through the four. The, and we're going to talk by assuming more about it next week, but I think we'll get through four rounds. I could see a top 30 finish, maybe kind of flirting with that top 20. There's 150th open. Obviously at St. Andrews, probably going to be Tiger's last time at St. Andrews, just because of how that rotation works. Or if not, it's going to be one of the last times. And it would just be a storybook way for him to really come back onto the scene. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm trying to work myself to believe that's going to happen. Uh, but I, I think he's going to have more success than he has at any other event. You know, he's post post uh, injury. I I like that, Andrew. I really do, because it is Tiger Woods. It's Tiger Woods. You never know what he's going to do. He may end up being in the top 30. But for me personally, I think it's going to take a little more time being out in the public, being on, on TV again, playing in front of everybody like he's accustomed to doing. But the real question is, how much time is he going to have left to get back into form and I, I don't know if he can really get back into that kind of form he's older now we obviously we all know what happened and it, it's tough it's tough to see because I always love watching Tiger golf he's probably the best one of or one of the best that I've ever seen golf but um I think it's going to take a little time for him to get back into that into that groove into that rhythm so I don't know if um making the cut is an option here it definitely can be, but I just don't see it. I think it's going to take a little time. And like I said, time is the question. How much time is there really left for Tiger Woods? Well, there's one thing that's I'm certain about. I'm excited to see him at the Open, whether he shoots five under par or five over par. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But I do want to move open. Let's stay um, with the theme of, you know, talking about, you know, golf. Now let's make some picks and let's look at the Scottish Open. And it's actually a pretty good field. I was just looking at it. And um, oh, yeah, it's a good one. The odds have Rom won at um, plus 1100, then Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Matt Fitzpatrick. So he, um, no Rory, though, that's himself in the top five. No Rory Macro, it's a good catch by you. Um, Will Zalatoris plus 2800, another good odds pick. So he's actually pretty far down, farther than I would have thought. Some other guys, Hideki Matsuyama, he'll be playing as Victor Hovland. So a lot of big names this time around. and. Let's start as we always do with our sleeper. And, Will, I'll give it up to you first. Still looking for your first pick win, I believe. So, hopefully, this is the one. Yeah, I'm really hoping, too. I've been on this show four or five times, and I just cannot get anything going. But maybe this is the one. Victor Perez, Frenchman, three for three 
with a tied for 14 in 2020 at the Renaissance Club. I, I, I find this as a really good sleeper pick here. He's not ranked too high. He's kind of right in the middle. And as I just said, too, he plays pretty well at Renaissance. So I could see him getting the top 20 finish here. I, I really like him as my sleeper. I got Justin Rose, the Englishman, uh, obviously playing in great. I mean, it's not, you know, England, but Great Britain uh, over in Scotland. And he's actually playing pretty well. Uh, and he just tied for fourth in the Canadian Open. He's 12th right now in the, uh, the Pro-Am that he's playing in. Um, he's was 13th, I believe in the PGA championship. So he's had success, uh, this year and his success at the open. I think he has a few top 10 finishes as well. So that's obviously a similar type course. He actually hasn't missed a cut there since 2013. So in those types of link style courses that we'll see in the Scottish open this week, he's had successes. So I'm going to go with him here in this one to finish top 20. So I'm going to go Mito Pereira. So I'm looking at top 20. He's plus 320 to finish inside the top 20. He's top 12 in strokes gained on approach and off the tee and around the green. And, you know, he's done a great job scoring on par five. So he's someone that I'm really looking at that could, you know, do a great job in this and birdie those par fives. Um, he's sixth in birdies or better um, through a, throughout that stretch where he was top 12. So, um, yeah, I, I like him as a pick and I can easily see him inside the top 20. So let's now go on to our fade before we make our pick for the Scottish Open. Will, I'll start back with you. Who do you have as your fade this week? All right. I don't know if uh, this is going to be kind of unpopular here, but I'm going with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, He's fresh. He's hot. He's one of the hottest golfers in the world right now. But there's just some, there's something in me that's just saying, you know what, this is, this is going to be a tournament where he's just not going to play that well. He, there's been, there's been constant speculation every time he's up there, if he's going to get the job done and he's been getting the job done. But I think now, I think we see a little bit of a regression just in the Scottish here. We'll see down the line what he does, but I'm going to go Matthew Fitzpatrick as my fade. I'm going to go with Billy Horschel as my fade, a guy that somehow he's top 15 in the world, which I thought was crazy that he was 15th. Uh, overall I mean just missed the cut at the U.S. Open he's also coming off a little bit of a finger injury so I think he you know hasn't had a lot of success of late and a little bit of banged up I think is gonna uh, hurt him and last year he only finished tied for 55th Scottish Open so didn't play well last year as well so I, I think that's going to be a recipe for him not to make the cut here this week in Scotland. So I'm going to go Jordan Spieth as my fade I uh, got cut at the Travelers, um, someone that's, you know, yeah. kind of been up and down throughout the entire season. He either does great or he misses the cut. So, so I think he's always a, a great fade. It's, yeah, a it's always a good fade. <laughs> and if I look bad making the pick, then uh, I was thinking about Fitzpatrick too, and then Will picked him, and I was like, I'm not doubling down on the U.S. Open winner. So um, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. All right, let's wrap up this episode in a few minutes now, and let's make our favorite picks. Will, I'll go with you. Let's go, John Rahm. I'm waiting to see it. I've picked him like two or three times already. <laughs> he, he's he got three top 12 finishes in his last four starts. I, it's got to happen. I, I feel like every time I'm on here, he's always the favorite for the tournament that we're going to talk about, the future tournament that we end up talking about. And this one, it's just got to be it. I got to see John Rahm win this major, uh, not major, but he's got to win this, this tournament here. He's got to come out victorious. I need a John Rahm championship. Give me Johnny Rahm. I got Will Willie Z, Will Zalatoris as my pick, a guy that obviously the Irons, we know how good he is, and that's going to be huge here this week. Also, he's got off the T2 
for me, it's just Kenny Putt. I think everyone, that's kind of his thing. I think he's going to, you know, obviously he's, he's played great. I mean, you could look through all, all the finishes that he's had, but I don't think we have to talk about all the second place finishes that he's had in majors. I think he gets a first place finish here in the Scottish Open as he gets ready for the British Open. So I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. Um, yeah, I think playing it's just, great golf. <laughs> he's playing great golf. I'm looking at his past tournaments. He hasn't finished uh, outside the top 20 since he got was cut at the Masters, which is absurd. Wow. And I think that's five. low-key, too. Ago. Yeah, I mean, he, he's – and that was when everyone picked him. We were all on at the Masters. <laughs> and then, obviously, we all went off him after he didn't do well. And I'm finally going to go back. He took the week off. He didn't play at the John Deere. And he's killing it right now at the Pro-Am. So, that he's an easy pick for me. Um, to win the to win this upcoming Scottish Open, I hope he just doesn't get too hot now, and then because yeah. the oh, he doesn't want to get all the wins now and then not be able to come out and play so next week. I think he play. may be a good He's pick. Going to be a easy top five um, pick to win the the Open. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, do you almost like how much can you win <laughs> weekends? That'd be That's true. But um, that that will be my pick. We'll we'll have that graphic hopefully up by tomorrow on our social media platforms, but. That's going to do it for this episode of On the Green. Had a little bit of everything. We kind of recapped some golf, talked a little bit of live golf, which has kind of become a norm for this podcast. And we also previewed the Scottish Open. A huge week next week as we preview the Open at St. Andrews. So really excited for that. We'll also probably be joined by Chris Hennessy for his final time as our guest picker. So don't want to miss that episode. But once again, Michael Calamari, Andrew Galata, Will Talent signing off from On the Green.